Welcome to Worship Culture with your host, Shoa, a podcast where we unravel God's intent for worship beyond a Sunday service. Lean in as we discover our identity as worshipers and shakers of culture. Hey guys, welcome back to episode three of Worship Culture Podcast. It's such an honor to have you guys back on. I can't believe you're back, but you're here. So I really appreciate that. Thank you for the love. Thank you for the subscriptions. And thank you for all the reviews and all that good stuff. I love you guys so, so much. And if this is your first time listening to this podcast, welcome to the family. I'm Shoa. I'm a worship leader. I'm a worshiper. I love God. And this podcast is all about developing a culture of worship for your life and also how to influence culture as worshipers. So yeah, I'm a regular, regular person. I'm fun. I'm goofy. My goofy side isn't out yet. You know, that's that's something that would probably come around maybe episode seven. I don't know. But for right now, I'm going to be civil. I'm going to be... um you know, normal, as normal as I can be. (laughs) But yeah, welcome to this episode. Um, Shout out to Ryan um, for last episode. He did such an amazing job. Um, He said so much on there. If you haven't checked it out, he talks about purpose. He talks about um, praise. And he also talks about um, passion. I think that's the title of that. No, not in that order. The title of that episode is Passion, Purpose, and Praise. So go check it out. It's super, super insightful. Um, I don't want to give it away, but he says a lot of good stuff on there. Um, it really blessed me, honestly. And I'm not just saying that because he's he's my friend. We're going to get into this episode. We're going to talk about love. Happy Love Month. I know Valentine's Day is far gone, but still, you know, Happy Love Month. We're wrapping up February, but this is a month of celebrating all types of love. We're going to talk about the love of God and reciprocating that you know, on this episode. So stay tuned for that. You already know the drill. The next segment is press play and press play is three songs that I'm currently obsessed with currently into right now in this season. Press play is going to have a little twist. It is going to be press play love edition or love songs edition. I'm going to talk about three songs that fit right into the theme of love this month. And yeah, sit back let's get into it i keep saying sit back but what if you're standing you know like anyway (laughs) let's get into press play right now why don't we press play okay so the first song i'm gonna be sharing with you guys is a song that i love so so much I'm pretty sure I have a cover of it on my Instagram somewhere. That's how much I love it. Um, This song changed a lot of people. This song um, became a global anthem in churches all around the world. Um, It's Reckless Love, Corey Asbury. But the version that I'm actually sharing with you is a newer version with Tori Kelly. If you know Tori Kelly, that girl sings, sings. Like she is an amazing vocalist she has such a sweet sound sweet voice and so these two coming together was so magical um Corey, if you don't know him he's part of bethel and he's also really really he's anointed and he's really really good Corey sings sings as well so these two coming together was a dream right and it's not as um i wouldn't say it's as um 
heavy as the original it's definitely on the vibey side of things it's very very smooth those two together coming together had such an amazing amazing vocal moment and it was a great time in worship as well so check it out um reckless love is very clear like the message of the song is super super clear just expressing how much god loves us and how much he would do um the extent he would go to 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 show us that he loves us um this song had a little bit of controversy especially because you know he chose the word reckless you know when you think of reckless you think of um disorganized and and messy and so a lot of people didn't quite understand why he chose the word reckless but i think personally that um cory was just trying to get across the the level of passion that god god has for us and and how wild his love is for us so yeah reckless love featuring tori kelly is my number one song in the season the second song is love made me with dante bow from his album son of a father the first time i heard about him was on Travis Green's um, Fell in Love. And so after that song, I'm like, oh, who's this guy? So I went and checked out his project, um, Son of a Father. And honestly, this song is super, oh, sorry, this album is super, super amazing. Um, has so many different diverse sounds in it, which is something I really appreciate. Like diversity in your sound is so important to me as an artist myself. So we'll get into that actually, maybe on this episode. I don't know. We'll see if I can talk about it on this episode or a later episode but yeah this song is really really good it's more of a pop sound if you know dante bow he's very um corporate worship um if you see him in like a maverick city music setting or bethel setting he's super prophetic and um yeah so i wasn't really expecting this sound from him but it's really really different it's very as i said pop and fun fact this song actually inspired me this sound not the song but this sound inspired me to be comfortable with releasing a song that I wasn't too too comfortable with releasing so I have a single out um, my first ever single um, running and if you know me I love corporate worship songs I love writing corporate worship songs a lot of songs that I've written so far are corporate worship songs and so I started writing songs worship songs that were more like I guess in the pop lane and I was so so uncomfortable and sometimes honestly guilty because I'm like uh am I doing something wrong am I straying away from like my purpose like god am I like trying to do songs that you don't like like honestly I really really battled with it and so listening to this sound and knowing Dante's background and knowing that he is the worshiper like go check out dante also in like the maverick city music setting and all that he's an amazing amazing worship leader and so knowing that if he's able to still combine different sounds and still be able to you know write songs that glorify god then i can do it as well so not giving all the credit to this song but this this song really helped me to understand that it's okay to be diverse in my sound that was a whole essay about diversity but yeah go check this song out it's talking about the love of god i think you'll enjoy it if you like different go check this one out the very last song is an oldie um i mean like 11 years old and honestly a lot of you guys may know this song a lot of you guys may not 
this song and this artist specifically spoke to me at the time. Um, he experimented with his sound. He was um, very, very unique in his songwriting, in his melodies, in his um, lyricism. Um, he was doing something that a lot of people in that era wasn't doing. Um, this song is All I Have to Give by Molly Music. TBT, it's so old. It's from his album called The Second Coming. And this song is so intimate. It's a song of surrender to God. And it's a song, a love song. It's saying, I would do anything for you because I love you. It's so intimate and so, so, so good. So yeah, Molly Music, all I have to give. Go check that out as well. I really hope Press Play is super helpful for you guys. It's going to be a mixture of old songs, new songs, any songs that you know glorify God in every genre possible, I will make it a point to also find new songs for you guys, just for you guys. Um, yeah, I hope it's blessing you guys. I hope it's helping you also to add more to your worship playlist. Okay, so if you're wondering why this episode is called I Love You Too, it's because, actually wait, I have a backstory to it. I'm um, a Bachelor, Bachelorette fan. I watch that show don't judge me. You're not supposed to judge me. Uh, the Bachelor and Bachelorette, I think it's funny. You know, it's 25 to 30 people competing for the love of one person, which is crazy to me, but it's it's good TV. Um, um, the premise of the show is to find love, to get engaged, to get married. So, um, for example, if it's The Bachelor, it's one guy and 25 ladies, typically 25 to 30, as I said, come together and they're all like trying to win this one guy over. <laughs> and so they go on dates, you know, in like super secluded areas and like, you know, places that force you to fall in love, basically. And so these guys um, explore each other's love for a couple months, a couple weeks, I think, maybe two months. Um, and at the end of it, he proposes, I guess, falls in love with her and they get married, typically. Um, towards like the end of the season, so basically like top four, top five, the girls start to get super expressive. So for example, they start saying things like, oh, I love you or, oh, I'm falling in love with you. The best one is I'm starting to fall in love with you. I don't know what that means. <laughs> so they start expressing their love towards him. And the interesting thing here is he doesn't say it back. Because I mean, if you're telling everyone that you love them, then why aren't you picking all of them? Um, so I guess that's kind of why he's not saying it back. But all of that to say they express their love to him and he smiles back at them. And sometimes the visual I had, yes, I'm that kind of person that thinks about The Bachelor when I'm like thinking about God. Um, the visual I had was sometimes sometimes we treat God in the same manner, you know, like he's expressed his love over and over to us. He always does this. He's shown us that he loves us. He says it all the time. And sometimes we're really good at appreciating it, but we're not so good at reciprocating it. So the approach we have with God is very like, oh, thank you so much for loving me and not so much. I love you, too. And so that's kind of how I came up with the title. Actually, another reason why I came up with the title is because in 2017, I know I'm going on and on about this title, but 
you know, just, just flow with me. Um, in 2017, I was writing a song, a love song to God, and he stopped me in the middle of it and said to me, um, each time you tell me I love you, or each time you say I love you to me, there's actually a silent too, um, because you're not initiating love. Um, I, I first loved you. I showed you that I loved you. I gave my life for you. And you're simply responding to my love. So it's not I love you, it's I love you too. And so, yeah, I wrote a song called I Love You Too that may or may not come out. You never know. Might be on an EP. Never know. But yeah, all of this is to say that um, this episode is very much about, you know, finding ways to respond to God's love and not just being like, in a space where we always appreciate it and never like, you know, express it back to God or reciprocate his love. You know, this is so crucial in worship and worship leading because you can't, you can't worship a God that you don't love one. And the whole premise of worship is, is love. It's, it's, it's based on love. You know, we respond to love with love. Something that I, I hear all the time, a common issue in the church is like, you know, especially from worship leaders, it's like, oh, my church isn't responsive in worship. Like, you know, they're not expressive, you know, they don't lift their hands or they're not energetic when the songs are super energetic. They're not jumping and, you know, and all that. And I think the misconception is that, oh, they don't love God or... Oh, I don't know. How do I get them to love God? I don't think the issue is a lack of love. I think it's just a matter of growing in our affection towards God. And it's a habit you have to develop daily. It's not something that just comes naturally. It's something that you actually have to work on. Like, God, I want to be intentional about loving you. So, you know, as worshipers, we need to understand that, you know, loving God isn't just an internal thing. It's not just a thought or a feeling. God didn't just feel love towards us. He expressed love towards us. And that's the same manner that we need to also express love to him. So if you're wondering, um, how can I develop um, my affection towards God? How could I um, grow in my affection and expression of love to God? This is the right episode for you. I have a few tips that help me personally, and I hope it helps you as well. Okay, so um, usually around February around Valentine's Day, you get to hear about like these five love languages. Everyone has it on their story at some point, you know, you know, what am I? So I think a couple years ago, I looked through it and figured out, oh, okay, this is my love language. I think currently, actually, I'm transitioning out of one of them to another. So yeah, it's kind of interesting how like over time, your love language could change. But yeah, so let's get into like, all five of them. So the first one is gifts. That's pretty um, straightforward. You love, you receive love through gifts. So when someone gets you like a pair of shoes or I don't know, a lip gloss or whatever it is, a Gucci bag, um, typically gifts people I notice aren't really particular about like how expensive it is. They just want you to go get them something to feel loved. So basically you feel super loved when you get something from a loved one. The second one is words of affirmation. This one's really cool. Um, you know, it's saying all the things. <laughs> so you look beautiful. Um, I really think you did well on this or I appreciate you for this. So speaking and saying all the things that you love about them makes them feel super, super loved. And then there's active service. Active service is very much like um, I know you're tired, so I'm going to wash the dishes so you feel loved, you know, doing stuff for them, serving the people that you love. Um, a great example of it actually is 
a situation even right now thinking about it and i'm like oh wow i really felt loved in that moment i was super hungry super tired i came back from work exhausted and um my best friend um was at the jamaican spot and she got herself i think like jerk chicken or something and so she came back with a plate of like jerk chicken with rice and peas and all that even right now thinking about it i'm like super hungry but um she came back from the jamaican spot with a plate of rice and i didn't ask her for it and in that moment i felt so loved because i'm like wow you went out of your way to get me something that i needed so service act of service is very much like getting things that they need in that moment that makes them feel really really loved and then there is quality time which is something that i thought i was I think I'm still a little bit of quality time. Um, quality time is like taking time out of your busy schedule to find time to be with this person, um, you know, do the things they love, watch a movie with them, um, talk to them for hours. Actually, I think the misconception with quality time is that um, they want to spend 700 hours with you. Quality time is not about quantity, just a disclaimer. It's very much about, you know, spending that 30 minutes of undivided attention with them and like you know being all in in that moment you know quality time people just want you to be in the corner breathing like they don't really care what you're doing they want you to be there to be present you know so quality time they feel super loved when you spend time with them the last one is physical touch i know a lot of people in this category um you know they want to hold your hands while they're talking to you or <laughs> they want to hold hands in the mall they want to um, talk to you and touch you. Like contact is so important to them. It's what makes them feel super, super loved. They want hugs all the time. Very, very interesting people. I love you guys, but you know, that's really not my thing. Uh, but yeah, physical touch is the last one. And that's how these guys feel loved. I think what's super interesting is that we can actually use these five love languages to express our love towards God, to express our affection towards him. So let's start with the first one, gifts, you know, for God so loved that he gave, you know, this is a scripture in the Bible that super popular, but it's such a foundation of love. Like if you love me, give gift to me give to my people and so when it comes to showing our affection for god we can start by being generous to people around us by being generous to god's people and being generous to god's work you know sometimes we don't like to talk about money you know it's such a touchy touchy subject because sometimes it's abused um, I do understand that, but it's not something that we should ever stop talking about because generosity is the heart of God. And so even looking at um, the woman with the alabaster box, I share this with my church. Um, she she is, for me, my role model when it comes to worship because I think her affection towards God was through her oil. And I'm like, how can God be so um, touched by oil? And, and so I did my research and found out actually that that oil costs $54,000, US dollars to be specific. Um, and in that time, I'm sure, you know, you can understand now why the disciples were so mad. Like, why is she doing this? Why is she pouring all that oil on him? But that was her sacrifice. She loved him so much that she would pour out her oil no matter how expensive it was. I thought that was so beautiful. Honestly, that really challenged me, especially around 
the the subject of generosity like how willing am i to give to god's people how willing am i to to give to his kingdom his work like god isn't going to physically come down and take money or time from us you know it's what we do on earth with his people with his kingdom that matters to him so so giving and generosity is such a huge way to show god that you love him the next one is active service and this is all about serving God and serving his people. So start with your local church, find a ministry that you're passionate about, you know, put your time and effort and passion into that ministry. You know, Jesus came as a servant leader. He was all about serving people. He washed his disciples' feet. So find somewhere where you could serve to the fullest capacity. Pick up that piece of paper when you walk by it in church. I know these don't scream like, I love you, Jesus, but these are little ways to show God that one, you honor him and you honor his house and two, that you love the things he loves. And when you love the things he loves, you love him. And then there's words of affirmation. It's about telling God how you feel about him, being super expressive with your words. You can say it in a song. You can say it in just words. You don't always have to wait till that Sunday service when we get to tell him he's beautiful. You can say that when you wake up in the morning. And what God has been teaching me actually is gratitude. So I have these things now called gratitude checks. I don't know. It's kind of a corny name, but that's all I have. If you have better suggestions for what I can call it, please let me know. Uh, But I wake up in the morning and the first thing on my heart is to give God thanks for something either something he did the night before or the day before or something that I'm expecting that he's going to do today. So for example, I can wake up in the morning and say, God, I thank you so much that I'm going to record a podcast today. I don't know. It doesn't have to be this huge, massive thing. Just finding one thing to be grateful for and saying thank you to God is a way to show him that you love him. You know, gratitude is such a huge, huge part of affection towards God. It goes back to the whole bachelor story that I shared with you guys. You know, it's one thing to love God. It's another thing to say that you love him. You know, just get in the habit of talking to him and appreciating him through words. And then there's quality time. And that's just making time for God, like putting time aside to be with God. No distractions, no cell phones, no, you know, interruptions, just being in perfect communion with the father. And, you know, fellowship with the Holy Spirit, it's not about the amount of time, you know, it's not about 700 hours with God. You know, as you grow in your faith, your appetite for his presence increases. So you start off with five minutes and then before you know it, you're three hours in conversation, in communion with God. Um, So, you know, take time out of your schedule every day and just spend quality, quality time with him. Prioritize your time with God because as worshipers, you can't grow in your affection for God if you don't spend time with him. And lastly, physical touch. Of course, God isn't here with us, so we can't physically touch him. However, I think it's so important that everything that we do, whether it's serving his people, whether it's um, giving to his kingdom or leading people in worship, everything that we do should always be about touching God's heart. If any worship leader is listening to this, one tip or one advice that's actually helped me a lot is if your focus when you pick up a mic is to touch God's heart, it takes off all the pressure to be perfect. And lastly, to summarize this, love people. God loves people. And if he loves people and you love him, you need to love people. It's also quite impossible to claim that you love a God that you don't see if you can't love the people that you do see. Be sure to send all your worship questions on Instagram, whether it's to my personal IG, S-E-W-A-A-Y-O-O-L-A, or to Worship Culture IG, which is Worship C-L-T-R. All right, let's answer one question. Um, let's see. 
This one says, when I pray, I get answers from God. What kind of feedback do we get when we worship him? Wow, this is amazing. Um, okay, so what I've learned over the years is that worship is the highest form of prayer. So the same way God wants to speak back to you when you pray is the same way that God wants to speak back to us when we worship him. Um, I think sometimes we're in a rush to get out of his presence when we worship God. And it's actually kind of ironic because we ask for his presence. You know, we sing songs, you know, come down, Holy Spirit, you know, come and move amongst us, come and touch us, blah, blah, blah. And when it's time for him to actually do what we ask him to do, we want to rush out of his presence. And so it's very important to be able to tarry in his presence, stay and let him speak to you. Let him do whatever he wants to do, you know, let him heal and deliver. A major part of that is knowing how to host the presence of God. You know, as worship leaders, you get to a point in that service where you know, okay, God wants to speak to his people or God wants to deliver his people or God wants to heal. And at that point, you know, my pastor does this all the time. He calls out anyone that's sick because in that atmosphere of worship, he knows God is trying to heal people. So he calls out anyone that's sick, you know, receive your healing, receive your deliverance, whatever it is that God wants to do in that atmosphere. So yeah, it's very important to just stay in his presence after you worship him. That is one of the most powerful moments. A lot of the answers that we've been asking God for through prayer might actually have been answered in that 10-15 minutes after worship. So don't run out of his presence. Take advantage of those moments when he wants to talk to us or he wants to do something after we worship him. I hope this episode um, blessed you guys. This podcast comes on every other Monday, so stay tuned. We're going to have a guest on the next one. I'm not going to tell you who yet, but it's going to be great. Um, but yeah, I love you guys so much. Please share, like, subscribe, all that good stuff. Thank you so, so much. And we out.